0: nick and matt jackson you're listening to the work shoot wrestling
1: podcast suck yeah. welcome to an all-new episode of the work shoot wrestling podcast this is Corey richmond joined as always by jason brooks the human wheelbarrow the main event and so much more that i've been paid to say at the moment but uh jay how are you doing as we talk for the second time this week on the uh, return of john cena at looks like the Rumors were true that he'll be back for Summerslam to face Roman Reigns. Talking a little bit about well,
0: we don't know if that's if he's coming back for sure at Summerslam to face Roman Reigns, but you know, we, probably. we know,
1: but we don't know. Let's just yeah, finish.
0: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah,
1: uh, he was uh, he well. Actually, we'll start with that. He was on Jimmy Kimmel uh, last night, and he told him that uh, he would he would be returning. And you know, we've known for quite a while from a lot of the quote unquote dirt sheets that the the rumored plan is Roman Reigns versus John Cena at SummerSlam, and hopefully if they can figure out the magic, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam as your your two main event matches, trying to make SummerSlam the secondary WrestleMania with fans back. I guess we'll start off right away. Jay, what's your thoughts of, you know, the return of the part-timers with live crowds, and especially John Cena, who is the quote-unquote big star besides The Rock when it comes to Hollywood coming back?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, he brings Sometimes these guys come back and it's like, "Ugh, whatever." But I think he brings a certain level of realism when he comes back in terms of his promos and things like that. I think it I think he's really compelling when he comes back usually. I think he's generally a compelling character when he comes back. Uh, I thought the feud with him and Bray, I I I enjoyed I enjoyed their promos back and forth. And so you know, I I think they could make this really really interesting um, in terms of Cena coming back and how he talks to Reigns. I think they they have a lot of they have a lot of potential, very interesting TV that they could make. Um, so the match itself will be you know not great, but the TV leading up to it I think is going to be very very interesting. Uh, also, you know when is Edge coming back, right? So there's a lot of things that they could put in place for SummerSlam. You know, it's at the, the, you know, stadium in the big stadium in Vegas. So, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to him coming back. Um, I think he, since that U.S. Open Open Challenge run, he basically has just been a putting people over machine, basically. So, and I think he's been on, was on a great run then. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to him coming back, actually.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. If this is, you know, him coming back for, you know, one or two shows, SummerSlam and WrestleMania, that's great. If he helps put people over and he helps get people to come back and go and find that wrestling is cool again, which, you know, it doesn't have the cool factor right now. Whatever, forgetting about ratings, which I know I love to talk about, but it doesn't, for the first time on Monday, it felt like wrestling, you know, Roar was actually trying to care for a change. But, you know, with Cena, possibly The Rock coming back for next year's, Wrestlemania the casuals could come back and Cena coming back basically having a do-over of what happened the first time with him and Roman now Roman is this much bigger character and a lot more interesting of character it'll be interesting to see their dynamic this time and how you know it really works one way or another if you know he still has the passion to do this or if he will be like kind of like the Rock who just wants to make sure he doesn't get hurt when he's doing because he has this movie career wow
0: of course, he's not going to come in and make sure he doesn't get hurt. What does that even mean? Uh, of course, he's going to come in and do the best he could do. He's not going to come in and half-ass it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's going to come in. I think it's going to be interesting to see, see what happens with this character. You know, we talked pre-show about you were saying, oh, is he going to come back and do a bunch of shows? Like, no, he's not going to come back and do a bunch of shows. That seems crazy. Um, that being said, The Rock did come back and do a whole program, but it was kind of revolving around WrestleMania, and that's why I won a title so he could go against Cena. So maybe we see something like that with, with, uh, with Cena, but I don't think it'll be SummerSlam. I mean, they want The Rock to come back for Survivor Series. Um, So that's been out there. I think Cena has more of a one-off, and then he comes back maybe for WrestleMania, but with him doing all these movies and stuff, I mean, who who knows? He's got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see how it all works out. But I think, yeah, a one-off against Reigns here is what I'm expecting at SummerSlam. And then we'll see, you know, depending on his schedule. I think a lot of it depends on the schedule. I think if he has an open schedule at WrestleMania time, we'll definitely see him at WrestleMania,
1: 100%. I Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. I guess the other part that I'm wondering in regards to all this is, do, the fa- do you think the fans still care about Cena?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You a, okay. He's a the, one of the biggest stars in the history of, the, of pro wrestling. Of course they do. And now he's been, I mean, he's, he's parlayed his success in pro wrestling to being a pretty big star in Hollywood. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know how you measure that, but he's having a very successful run in Hollywood. He wouldn't be... He wouldn't be having this successful run in Hollywood if he was not a big star and people did not care about him.
1: Yeah, I I, I could see that. Like I said, I'm just, I always find it interesting when guys go away and they come back, and when you know when it's when we realize that it's just on the schedule that they can do. You know, I just wonder how the fans will react to him. You know, I always find that you know to be interesting. If it's more of like a respect now that he comes back or is it still the, you know, the, the fans wanting him to turn heel, you know, you know, but I think
0: that's, I think that almost is what the respect is at this point. Right. I think the respect factor is like the, like they're booing him. Like when Kurt Angle got the you suck chance, like that's almost like out of respect. So uh, yeah, I think it will will be kind of a a respect thing, I think with him. Um, And yeah, the fact that he's coming back after he's been in Hollywood and and whatever uh, I think it could be very interesting, you know, the plan eventually is to turn Roman Reigns into a big baby face. Uh, and, you know, Vince can't fucking hold, hold his, hold himself with these storylines and this Roman Reigns storyline has been quite a long one. So, you know, is this the part where he, you know, Cena comes in and does like a Hollywood rock Goldberg story? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, how it goes. Um, and, and is this the start of some type of Roman Reigns baby face turn?
1: It'll be interesting to see. And like I said, at least now we know he is back and it'll be interesting how they, you know, when he comes back, if it'll be, you know, will he be here for like four or five weeks leading up? Or will he just be there, you know, maybe for one promo being basically like, you know, leading from the interaction on Twitter that him, The Rock and Roman Reigns have had with, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Roman Reigns said something to the fact that Roman, that Cena and Rock, if they know what's good for him, you know, they shouldn't come back because I've basically replaced them. So I don't know if they'll just go based on like tweets or how exactly they'll get to this point, but that's the, inter- I think that might be the, the most interesting of
0: how oh, you- no, they're, they're not going to do that. It's not going to be a Twitter war and it is have a match. I mean, they're going to be, it's going to be a story. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense to now nah, they could talk about Twitter and reference it, but it the, the story is going to be, you know, and also let's think about, you know, from a TV rating standpoint, right? Like how, this is all, this is about the network special, but it's also about TV. Um, does he wrestle on TV? I Absolutely not. But is he going to be on TV and talking and leading up to the match? 100%. Yeah.
1: Like I said, it'll be interesting to see where they go and how this all gets set up. But uh, Jay, we usually talk about it every week and we'll talk about it again this week because it's usually one of the best hours or two hours now on TV. Uh, we didn't, this Tuesday we had another episode, which I think was pretty strong, not as strong as the last two weeks of NXT. But what was your thoughts on NXT? We got the dream match of O'Reilly versus Kushida. You know, we got Frankie Monet with her second matchup, which you know was a squash. But she's coming across, I think, as as a star, at least in my eyes. Absolutely. What were you know What were your thoughts on uh, the developments of the night? And we could save the big one and you know the diamond in the rough.
0: Diamond Mine. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll start off with that because that was the biggest thing. I think um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do with, with these three. I don't know the, the Japanese guy or Chinese Hideki, guy. Hideki
1: Suzuki, I believe his name Hideki
0: is. Hideki Suzuki. So I don't know him at all. Um, but, you know, obviously with Tyler Rust and with Roderick Strong, you know, it's it's smart because you have Roderick Strong is the leader of the group. Obviously a top, top wrestler, but not great on the mic. Uh, and then you have uh, Stokely Hath- Hathaway. Is that his name? That that's it? his. That's his ending that, name. name. Yeah, yeah. So you have him. You have him, who's going to be the mouthpiece, which I think is great. Uh, and then you have a couple of rising talents. Tyler Russ had a little run in Ring of Honor. He was really, really good.
1: And I don't know this uh, Japanese fellow, but you know, I, obviously he's a developmental guy. So actually, he came in as a trainer, and he was apparently he was pretty because I, I don't know much about him as well. But he, everybody thought he was coming in to be a trainer. And then he got put into this group. Apparently, he's very good. And we'll see, you know, what he adds, if he's the muscle of the group or okay. how he can do this. But, you know, I think okay. it's really interesting yeah. that, you know, we were all, I mean, you know, many people have told us it wasn't going to be Tessa Blanchard, even though everybody's kept on thinking it was going to be. Even the WWE went to, like, certain sites, including Sean Ross, Sap and Fightful, and, you know, actually told them officially it's not going to be, you know. But, you know, I, I think it's interesting, the guys that they put in this group, and it's going to be interesting to see how quickly this group either works or doesn't work. Because, like, you know, Malcolm Bivitt is a great talker. Roderick is great in the ring. Do you have to have them, you know, get the title off as Kushida and that be the guy to make this group look, you know, big from the beginning? Or, you know, how does this all work out?
0: Yeah, one of the things, uh, you know, in the rumor mill uh, that was said – And, you know, it's funny how wrestling gets this reputation with rumor mills, yet we've heard 10 Ben Simmons trades in the last week, but (laughs) Wojanowski isn't like a rumor mill. Wojanowski, everyone likes, has a lot of respect for him, but Sean Rossap and Dave Meltzer people, it's just so funny how wrestling's looked at. Um, But, you know, one of the things that people have said is that they're, you know, part of this group is there to kind of put over the cruiserweight division. And so, you know, with Kushida and I think Kashida's done a great job with the title. Um, and so I, I think, you know, maybe that's what we're going to see here. I don't know if that has to do with anything with 205 Live or whatever, which I've never watched before. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't I don't see, you know, I, I don't I don't know. But yeah, I think, you know, Roderick Strong and Kushida could be a very, very good match. You have him go against Tyler Rust initially, uh, have him go against the muscle guy at some point. I think it's a great way to put Kashido over to get him involved. Great way to get Roger strong involved. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, and they're a developmental brand, so they're still trying, trying new things. And, you know, again, I love NXT and I love the stuff that they try. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this continues to, to develop for sure. But um, I, I think it's off to a pretty good start. Uh, we'll see where, where it continues to go. Uh, any thoughts on the actual show itself? Uh- yeah, I, I thought um, the uh, you know Adam Cole match I thought it was interesting with the with the young guy there. I think he's still kind of developing a little bit, uh, kind of developing who he is and who his is supposed to be and things like that. But you know, it's clear that they like him and that they think he's going to be going to be a guy. Um, you know, I'm excited for the the women's tag stuff. I think they're doing a nice job of of putting over the women's tag titles. Um, yeah, so I I, th- I think they did some did some nice things. Um, you know, the Karen Cross stuff still doesn't really. I don't really totally get that. You know, is he a heel? Is he not a heel? Uh, he's you know beating up Pete Dunn. Like I, I don't really know what he what he is or what he's supposed to be. Um, and I think they kind of have a little bit like Rhea Ripley on Raw. You know, she has the title, but we don't really know who she's supposed to be. Um, so you know, I don't love those developments as much, but again, we've we've bashed Karen Cross plenty of times in this show. Um, Frankie Monet looked great. Um, I'd love for her to be obviously they're setting up for her to be in a group with Aaliyah who's been in developmental for 20 years now, and uh, uh Jesse Camille yeah. who I think they see a lot of potential in. I think she's you know, poor poor Aaliyah, man. She could never she never get can get off the blocks
1: um yeah but she never gets up she's there
0: she's she, and she's and she's gotten a lot better man She's gotten a lot better um you know mercedes and Zaylee that continue that feud so i like the rhythm of the show i like where they're i like where they're continuing to go with the show
1: am i the only one though when that backstage and well just two seconds i just find it funny i was am i the only one when we when you saw that backstage segment with zaya and um but Martinez had no idea that Jake Atlas, was the person to make the safe, until they came back afterwards and put the graphic up for next week. Uh,
0: I knew that was him. Really? Right, okay. right, was yeah, right a, when they right when showed him. him. He wears, yeah, he went, a lot of times they show him in backstage vignette. He's, he's wearing glasses. So, yeah, I, I knew that's what it was.
1: Okay. I, I was like, I mean, you couldn't
0: tell when he first kicked him because his back was turned. But yeah, I knew that instantly.
1: Okay. Um, now, the last thing on NXT Least for me this week, we spoke about it on our previous show this past Monday. Was that it had come out that both uh, Cross and Reed, Bronson Reed, were doing were basically being looked at for the main roster. And Dave Meltzer has said that they both tape matches for main event this week. Now, this isn't the first time that NXT people have been on main event, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. But what, what's your thoughts on it went from just being a tryout match? And if it doesn't air, then Dave Meltzer got misinformation. And they just decided to scrap. But what's your thoughts on your two male champions being on main event this week in kind of a nondescript setting? I mean, I I don't know if it's just to hide them and just but still have it on tape. But what's on your thoughts on that?
0: I don't know why they're in main event. I think that that's weird. Um, Maybe they just need to fill time in main event. So I think that part is strange and interesting. Um, In terms of what it means, I don't think it means anything. Except for the idea, and we talked about this last week, um, that we think eventually they're going to push, you know, they're going to push Reed and Cross, and they'll be the next, two of the next big guys that come up to NXT. And, you know, so I think that's what we see at some point. And I think they're prepping them and getting them ready.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, uh, if it does happen, it will be... Karrion Cross versus Shelton Benjamin, and Reed versus Gulak, which are two really good guys for them to each face to make them look great. So um, I don't know if I'll have the time to check out, you know, how the matches happen and if they'll be any good. But, you know, it's at least, you know what, now that I know it, there's a, there's more than a 1% chance, than the a 0% chance that I've ever watched main event, you know, since it's been on. So it'll be interesting to see how those uh, matches, they do happen, you know, come about.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I'll be interested to see where, you know, where things go.
1: So, uh, Jay, Jay broke the streak this past week. Uh, I guess he had heard that there was no NBA playoffs on. So, he actually sat through a Monday Night Raw. He actually picked one that actually wasn't bad. We had the uh, Money in the Bank qualifying matches. Uh, Ricochet beat AJ Styles. Asuka and Naomi beat Dewdrop and Eva Marie. John Morrison beat Randy Orton. Alexa Bliss, and Nikki Cross, who's a superhero now, defeated Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, and it was... You're,
0: you're, you're certainly not selling me on this show the way you just, you're you describing it here. It does sound like it was not a good show, and, but we um, promise you it was solid.
1: And Riddle defeated Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre, which I am super surprised that Riddle got you know a clean win, and it's going to be interesting what they do with uh, Drew McIntyre, if they actually take him away from this title picture for a while, or if he sneaks in as the last guy, because they're going to have a, you know, basically a loser's bracket next week with Orton versus AJ versus Drew McIntyre for the final spot on Raw for Money in the Bank. So what were your thoughts after, you know, taking a little break from the the S show known as Monday Night Raw and actually checking it out for the first time in a while?
0: Yeah, I mean, this will probably be the last time for a little (laughs) while. Uh to be back
1: on Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: it's like uh, the Homer Simpson, like walking in the door and then walking right out the door.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, grandpa. Yeah, grandpa, Yeah, I. Uh,
0: I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, I thought. I thought the, you know the riddle, uh, the riddle match was really good. Um, yeah, I thought overall it was a solid show. And I think you know they're trying to make this Kofi and Bobby Lashley thing mean something, even though we know Lashley's gonna keep the title. Um, but I think that they're trying to do something. And um, you know I. I'm enjoying their interaction. I think they actually, set it, they actually set it up a couple of weeks ago, which they never set anything up uh, weeks in advance. Um, so I, I thought the show was was solid. I didn't get the Charlotte Flair, you know, supposedly Rhea's breaking the rules, so now she's being disciplined. But like, Hills, the Hills break the rules all the time and like, they don't need to come out. So like, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. So it, it still wasn't great. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't great. It was just fine. If you watch the show, you'd be like, oh, that's, you know, a slight improvement over what we've seen in the past. But the Nikki Cross thing, you know, God bless her. You know, she, at least she hasn't been released. Well,
1: the one thing I'm just going to you on that, I don't know if you know about this, but it was Nikki Cross actually put online on Twitter after uh, the show that it was her idea for the angle. So that's the only thing that gives me slight hope on the idea. When it's something that you come up with as a performer, you're going to try your hardest to make it work. It's not something that's just given to you. So I'm not going to kill – you know, we always, when we see this type of stuff, we we just kill creative and, like, this is what they gave us. Oh, I'm
0: not – yeah, I'm not necessarily killing creative. I'm just killing whatever this – whatever it is. I just don't – I just – don't get it. The, pro- the problem is, it's fine. Like, these things are fine to do. The problem is, they're not long-term stories. She's yeah. not going to be a superhero for two years. You know what I mean? You know, but Shane Helms did it, and he was very successful with the hurricane. So, I mean, I guess shit, anything could happen, right? And he's still the hurricane on the independent scene. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe, Maybe things could work out. Um, for her she's I mean again you know how I feel about her she's uber talented um, and she seems like a really sweet person and so we'll see Uh, I thought the pairing with her and Alexa was interesting Um, but yeah so you know it's still a little bit of Alexa bliss you know uh, voodoo stuff and, and superpowers stuff so I don't know I thought the show was fine I, I still think at the end of the day, the show doesn't seem to have a real direction, and I think that's the biggest problem. It seems like they're just making shit up on the fly and stuff's just happening. I, I'll say this too. I, the riddle, Randy Orton stuff, you know what? Not bad. It's not bad. Uh, riddle is too, is a little bit too stupid sometimes to me. Um, not like sonar stupid, like stupid, stupid. Um but i think the stuff with him and orton is not terrible uh, i don't think it's written great but i think it has potential to be great uh, cuz the two of them have funny reactions to each other so who knows who knows what they what they make of that uh, jackson Riker, you know how i feel about him he's a racist scumbag
1: yep but got to get it that was an that was an odd segment yeah. you have two put it in two minorities having just in the background watching some weirdo who, even if you don't know what stuff he said, smacking himself with a belt, a white guy with a, a belt.
0: Who's a who's a baby
1: face. Who's a baby face with two. Like,
0: how does he, how,
1: how does he, I mean,
0: that's even more whatever. But, like, how does he have, like, how does he have a job? And they've released these other guys. Yeah. Who were better in the ring. Like, I don't, I just, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't I don't understand it. You're a publicly traded company. You release people for anything, but then you keep certain people. It's very, very, it's very, very strange. But um, yeah, so that he does, he does nothing for me. So I think overall the show had some good moments and, you know, Jason Powell said this on ProWrestling.net, you know, they had matches that actually had some meaning behind it. And I think that's what made the show a little bit better as well. It wasn't just pointless matches to have pointless matches.
1: I guess last thing I'll ask you about, Roy, before we move on, because it's the first time you've watched it. What was your thoughts, if any, of Jimmy Smith as being the lead announcer? Did he feel like he knew what he was doing? Did, he, did you even notice he was there? I mean, what would you uh, say about? I mean, this, I think it's like week three. Yeah,
0: mostly nondescript. Like I didn't think he was bad, and I think Saxton and Corey Graves are doing a really good job of like
1: filling in the hole. Like they did
0: with Adnan. Well, Ad, well, Adnan, they basically were the broadcasters, and he would just be there in the background. Whereas I feel like they're doing a good job of making it like the three of them, they're all kind of like weaving, weaving in where Corey Graves is still more the analyst, but Sexton, as much as we rip Sexton, he is doing a good job of helping um, Smith, uh, uh, help, helping this guy through. So, I, yeah, I think it's been, I think he's been fine. I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been bad.
1: I also heard him on the pay-per-view. So I've heard him; he's fine. I, I didn't get to ask you on Monday because I was, yeah, yeah.
0: I think he's, I think he's been fine. So yeah, don't ask me about RAW next week because I won't be watching.
1: I <laughs> will have to look at the calendar and see what games are on uh, that day. Um, but so let's see, um, AW on Saturday, which we spoke about briefly on Monday, has their final show before coming back to Wednesday nights. It'll be this Saturday. We've got the uh, Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega match, the biggest match in Jungle Boy's career. I'm sure that uh, AEW will have a Road to show to pump it up on YouTube, which, of course, we'll never see the light of day if you don't get off the internet. Um, how's your feeling on a uh, couple days away from AEW on their final show? And what what's your thoughts on this, how this match has been uh, built?
0: Uh, I think it's been fine. Um, I think Omega has gotten better on the mic, and, and he has... He has moments where he's like still really pretty good and moments where like, he's not super convincing. Uh, and so I don't think he's been at his best, uh, but, and I, but I think he usually needs a good play to pl- a good person to play off of, you know, Moxley, for instance, and whatever. And it's also better when Callus is doing more of the talking and Omega kind of throws in there uh, and jungle boy, you know, he, he can't talk to whatever paper bag. So I think the build's been fine. But I'm glad they've given it build. I'm glad they've given it a, a kind of a chance to shine. Clearly, they see Jungle Boy as like, you know, he's a good-looking young kid, young white kid. That's important. Uh, he's a good-looking young white kid. The girls like him. He's got his own theme song. You know, clearly, he's the, a guy that they're going to push. Uh, so I, I expect to see a good competitive match uh, with him losing in the end. Um and I think the bill's been solid. All
1: right. Uh, any other subjects you want to talk about the uh, main, uh, the main groups that you want to get. No, and- I
0: think, I think Paige and Hobbs have the potential to be a really good match. I, I, I uh, want to see where they go with that. And in terms of continuing the storyline of uh, Paige, not wanting to talk about the AEW world title and you know, where they go with that. So um, they're trying to build this Saturday night dynamite as like a big pay-per-view light. And so, you know, we'll see if that's, we'll see, you know, where they go and what other matches they have on this card.
1: Very cool. Uh, so Jay, we've reached the time of the show where we do a couple of plugs and let people know how they could find us and everything else. So you want to take care of that as usual?
0: Sure. So uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at worked shoot pod. We are worked shoot wrestling podcast We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so yeah, check us out on all those platforms. We're also part of the great life group podcast. Corey usually puts it in here in the chat for me, and he did not, so I don't remember all the shows. Uh, Uh, Monday, Don City, donk City is on Monday with Henry and Vince. Tuesday is the the football show, The Audible, with Matt and Randy. Somebody
1: else Um,
0: on that show this week, uh, Corey. Corey made a little special appearance. I don't, you know. Corey's football knowledge and my football knowledge, it's like, uh, you know, one to ten. Uh, but fine. I wasn't invited. No big deal. Uh, I'm just a little bit hurt. Um, so that's a football show. Uh, Wednesday, Step Back with Jacob and Leon.
1: Actually, that's Friday.
0: Uh, Friday is a step back with Jacob and Leon. Uh, I'm just getting I'm just getting buried here. Uh, Sunday uh, is Felipe and Sean with their uh, baseball show.
1: Bases, fantasy baseball, total, base, base, yeah. total
0: bases, and then we're we're usually on Thursday.
1: Yes, we right. are.
0: That's pretty. That's pretty good. That's pretty good yeah. off the off the, off, off the top here. So, yeah, Life Group podcast, subscribe, um, watch them on Facebook. Corey was on this week on the football podcast. They probably just talked about Cleveland because that's the only team he really knows about. Yeah. So I'm sure that it was that it was a, a good show. Um, they figure they bring up the bring up the rear here. With the fact that there's not much going on right now.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, we did. We did an AFC preview, AFC North preview.
0: Okay.
1: And to be honest, I still pick the Ravens to uh, to win the division. As a, sure. as a Browns fan, I still can't believe that you know the hype is truly real. You, know, I no, live- you guys
0: went. You guys. It's not about the hype being real. You guys went to the playoffs and won a game. AFC- yeah. Uh, G- David DeCastro retired today. Looks like he might retire.
1: Oh, I, I know he got released. I know he retired. That's interesting. He
0: might retire. He got released because of the injuries.
1: Gotcha. Uh, but Jay, uh, we usually talk about another podcast, but I just want to do a quick thing. Former guest of the podcast and friend in real life, Brian Drake, uh, actually did what the 100th episode of the Fantasy Hustle podcast, Fantasy Football Hustle podcast. Congratulations to him. And you should, of course, go back and check that out unless you're in a football league with me because I use all the help I can get. So if you're not in my league, don't listen. But everyone else, be sure to listen to Brian Drake's uh, great podcast. Congratulations on a 100th episode. But, uh, Jay, there's a podcast that we talk about every week that uh, you feel like you should be on everyone. But, you know, you remember what that one is?
0: You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie. Jackie Andy, Jackie Rachel. Jackie Corey, the comedy podcast for the ages.
1: Very cool. And uh, same plug as, you know, Monday. We're going to have our, we just had part one of the uh, wonderfully overrated show uh, from the 90s called Friends. And talked about how much we love living single. Instead, you know, a show that started a year before and uh, unfortunately was made to go up straight up against it. And that show lasted five years and the other one was allowed to last for 10. But uh, you'll hear a lot of interesting comments. And if you stay till the end, you'll hear the musings of the human wheelbarrow and maybe a little bit more singing. Do you want to sing for us again? Uh,
0: No, I'm good. I'm good. No, thank you.
1: All right. So uh, our last subject of the day, a little bit shorter show than usual, unless we continue to talk and that might happen. Uh, The Asian on Asian podcast, which I'll be honest, before today, I had no idea existed. I'm sure they do a, a great show. Um, you can chat some out wherever you podcast. But they had stand-up comedian Kaniko Mobley on the show. Kanice, you
0: know, I think it's Canise. Uh
1: Kanice, I'm sorry. Kanice Mobley on the show. And I'll be honest, why are we talking about her? Well, she apparently is one of the newest uh, writers for, uh, for Monday Night Raw. Now, you know, of course they hire people all the time and some know wrestling, some don't. But most of them don't go on podcasts and usually tell people that they're either on at the time or have, you know, the kind of comments that she said. So, Jay, I sent you the uh, the comments in the chat. So you had a chance. Yeah, to at- so
0: I'm not going to read this quote by quote because reading comments, uh, are, are, is, it's, it's, it's awful. Essentially, she said, I'm on the raw team. I don't, <laughs> she didn't know Bobby Lashley's name. And so she doesn't know much about wrestling. Essentially, she's like, I don't know shit about wrestling and I'm and I'm a wrestling writer. So this leads to a big thing, right? A a bigger thing of having writers on the show who are not wrestling fans, don't know anything about wrestling, never knew anything about wrestling. I do not think you have to watch Raw or watch SmackDown to be a wrestling writer i think it would have been a good idea if you watched wrestling as a kid at least to kind of understand the rhythm of how things go but here's the thing about her so i looked her up while while we were doing the show Mm -hmm. she's african-american and she's female and she's a comedy writer those are three things that wwe desperately desperately needs right Absolutely. Um, they they need they need more people of color. They absolutely need more females, and they need writers who are actually like funny. So, I I think her being there is a really really good thing. Um, I think you know, to me, what a writer is writing lines for guys and, and, and guys and gals. I I think it's all really really tricky. I mean, you look at AEW. You look at Miro and how he's developed his character over time, and how much better he's gotten. You look at Orange Cassidy, same thing. How much, how much he's continued to grow his character and where he is. And these people have developed their characters like pretty organically. Um, and so, part of me is like, in general, like they don't need writers. Like they don't need writers. Then there's the idea that they have all these hours of programming every week, and so maybe they need some help. You know, I do think about it with AEW, where Tony Khan, I guess, does a lot of what. You know, before it seemed like it was going to be collaborative effort, but Tony Khan seems like he's very, 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 very involved in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, where it seemed like he was more the money guy and also was involved with stuff, it seems like he's kind of the Vince McMahon of AEW. Um, so, I, it's it's interesting that he doesn't have writers. He's basically letting the wrestlers kind of do their stuff on their own. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the bigger thing for me is she, the, the fact she doesn't know about wrestling. I don't care about that. Who cares? Um, I think it's more the fact that why is there a need for writers? Um, you know, I guess that, that, that'd be my, my biggest thing. Why is there a need for writers? Um, why are they not, You know, they have Bruce Pritchard there, Michael. These same guys who have been in for like years and years and years. Bring new people in, bring new voices in who maybe have a background in wrestling. You know, Mark Henry talked about this on his podcast. He said he wanted to do, he'd be a perfect guy. Make him one of the head bookers of of Raw. He's been a wrestler for years. African-American guy. Has has been up and down with the stop and starts with different uh, factions and different things he's been in. Make him a big part of the show. Instead, he goes to AEW. So it's you know, but now we still got Bruce Prichard there. Don't worry, he's gonna solve everything. So, I you know, I don't think she's the problem. I think the the what WWE continues to do the same thing, you know, insanity is the same doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. You know, having writers who don't know anything about wrestling and not not having other people there to to kind of help them through yeah it just doesn't make a lot of sense
1: to me hmm. i could see that i um, mean you know she put on her uh, miss mobley put on her uh twitter on june 14th and i believe she was saying this you know kiddingly but she goes so excited to start my wrestling job maybe someone will finally tell me what a heel is i don't know She's.
0: I mean, Corey, she's a comedy writer. I mean, she's a comedy writer. I mean, you know, we don't have to read all... She's a comedy writer. That's that's sort her of thing. I mean, even that podcast, when I read the Bobby Lashley quote, she clearly was being funny. Clearly, she was like... You could tell by the way she said it, she was busting balls. Now, she doesn't know a lot about Raw. I mean, that's clear. Or wrestling in general. But she also was being kind of tongue-in-cheek and funny about it. So, I man, wrestling fans are so, like... Uptight, protective. Oh, my Jesus Christ. It's, 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 it's scripted professional wrestling.
1: And uh, the line of the day is, of course, from uh, the biggest Jason Stan who's ever lived, from the You Don't Know Jackie podcast, Jackie Endy, wrote, I want to look for a WWE writing job now. <laughs> you know, after, we may have had hey,
0: she, She's the wheelbarrow of your show. Certainly, you should not be applying for a job, Corey.
1: Agreed. I want to be able to complain about it and not get fired. Uh, but uh, um, yeah,
0: so what, what's your, what are your, you are, you are a much more uptight wrestling fan than I am when it comes to certain stuff, I feel like. Um, so what, again, I don't mind that she's there. I just don't think they really need writers, um, but they do need more women and they definitely need more, you know, people of color. So, you know, it's kind of, one, a and one B.
1: Yeah, I agree. They should definitely have more female influence on the product, especially when you have a whole division of women and the idea of men writing about women, I think is not at times, you know, a different perspective, fine, but you should have someone who actually has lived and experienced things, you know? So it's just same thing when you had, I, I'm sorry, I forgot his, his name, but when the new day was starting to get super over and you had the Kofi Big Kofi Push, one of the people who was writing a lot of their materials was an African-American guy who actually understood what made the New Day tick and made their stuff interesting and felt real and not just something they were, you know, reading scripted lines.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know I know that I think at one point with Impact, you had Chrissy Hemi was part of, you know, the writing team for the women. And you could say maybe that's the reason why they got a little bit better at one point. You never know for sure, you know how much power she had. If it was more of a figurehead, isn't just saying that we have, you know, unlike RAW, we have women there. So I mean, I could see that. Um, did the comments truly bother me? Not really. I just thought it was something interesting, you know, to to talk about. I mean, I haven't listened. Like I said, I just saw the quotes. I haven't. I didn't hear context of what she said. But it is very interesting that, and she's very honest. Where she said, you know, I need basically, I needed a job. They offered this to me. What, do you, what, what am I, stupid? I'm going to say no to them paying me, you know, I don't know if it was six figures or high five or whatever it was. But, you know, they offered me a job. Basically, I'll figure it out as we go along. And, you know, and um, the things that they consider comedy in that company usually aren't funny to begin with. So if you have somebody who may actually know comedy, in the past you had former guests on the podcast, Jay Washington worked as a writer for the WWE at one point. So, you know, you've had people in the comic field write stuff in the past. So, you know, this could be a good thing, or this could be just, she might be someone who's there for, you know, six months, like a lot of people and washes out, or she could be a really interesting voice that brings change. I'm not trying to make this, you know, a political podcast here, but you know, sometimes you need different voices to explain what's really going on. You can't have, I don't care if it's a white, white male, whatever you want to say, white woman. Sometimes you just need different voices in the room to go and explain what's working and not working.
0: I mean, it's, but it's, it's not, you know, and I do get annoyed when you said, oh, I don't want to get political. Like, we're not getting political. It's good for Black people to write
1: no, sure, lines okay.
0: for yeah. other Black people. And also, how can they connect to the Black audience or the Latinx audience or the female audience? Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, in all, it's not about politics, it like makes, it makes sense to have someone who's has that lived experience you know what i mean I agree. um yeah so
1: like i said i hope that this is just a blip on the radar and she's with the company for the next 10 years if she wants to be there or the 10 months however long you know pe- usually people don't last in that job forever let's let's be honest it's i
0: a- mean Her over under is like a year i mean i think and i think i'm I, going I think
1: with
0: it yeah, the other yeah I'm, i i i'm going with the 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 no. under is like Minus 200. Like, it's a a dead nut under, for sure. Uh, But, you know, good for her. Uh, She'll be doing that for a little bit. A way to get, you know, and like, listen, a lot more people know about her now than knew about her before, right? So good for her, man.
1: Hey, she got herself over, as uh, is sometimes very hard to do. I mean, maybe she just wasn't on purpose, but people know who she is now. People might go, you know, look at her other stuff, and we'll see how how that goes. But, uh, Jay, another interesting show. But there is one other thing I wanted to talk about, and just a little bit of so something we have a, an interview lined up. Somebody who is a friend of the podcast, who uh, you introduced me to. Would you like to l- let people know what we have uh, in the cooker for uh, later on this week? We'll be dropping. oh yeah,
0: we're uh, interviewing my buddy Carl. Um, he's better known in Ring of Honor as Rocco. Uh, Carl is in the uh, Ring of Honor dojo. He does uh, the ring crew stuff too. So um, and kind of you know he's just kind of grinding his way, trying to make his way in pro wrestling. So. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his experience with Ring of Honor, his experience with trying to make it in pro wrestling, uh, and also talk about how Ring of Honor handled uh, their restart um, during the pandemic. So uh, really interesting uh, interview, really interesting look at um, someone who hasn't yet made it, but is trying to make it and what that journey is like for him.
1: And if you want to check out Rocco, uh, you can check out at Rocco Told You So on Twitter and Instagram. Um, And like I said, we'll have that drop uh, either later on today or tomorrow. So check out for that. But uh, Jason, as always, the final word will be yours. Hopefully, I think we're done here. See ya.